You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Okay, you work in this big company. You're self-made. Great. Who hunted your food? Who forged and gathered for it? Who got your AC working today? Who got your electricity working? Who fixed your car? Who made your clothes? Who do you go to when you're sick? There's this lie that we are not dependent upon one another for the basics of our survival. And we absolutely are. And honestly, so much of it has become invisible because we just go to the store and buy things. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it's amazing to see you here where you are challenged to reconsider your normal and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here with my co-host India Jackson to get the dialogue going. As we begin, I also want to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the stolen land of the Susquehannock, Piscataway, Nintigo people, native to this area known as Maryland. Hello, Miss India. Hello. It is getting to be afternoon. I'm like, y'all, I'm about to have to eat after this. My body going to start being like, what you doing? You think you just going to sit here and record for hours on end? You can't do that no more. I used to be able to do that. (laughs) I don't think I ever could. I can. My body doesn't like it. (laughs) It's like, turn that light off and move. (laughs) walk somewhere. So I wanted to jump in to the fact that, you know, we have had some really great conversations happening in the community. And I'm always appreciative to have great people that are willing to give us, you know, amazing uh, workshops and have these great conversations. But one of the biggest things is just the fact that like, we have these amazing conversations that happen with members that bring up things that personally I will go off sometimes and my brain will just be ticking. And next thing I know, I have gone down a whole rabbit hole. <laughs> One of those things has been the concept of interdependence. And I want to go into what that means, but I also want to acknowledge that it also really hit me that our community has created this great environment where we willingly foster interdependence with one another 
so that we have our autonomy, we're doing our own thing, and we thrive because we have one another there to share what's happening with them. What do they know? What are the opportunities? What are the resources? And so before we even did anything, I was like, wait, it just kind of like, duh, how did you miss that? (laughs) That like our community is really a great example of what it means to have people that are willingly, joyfully interdependent with one another. Yeah. um, And when I think about that from an overarching like thought process of how we got here and how we continue to even go further with where we are with that. One of the things that really came to be on both of our radar is like, what does community even mean? I mean, I think so often we witness people saying they have a community or they're part of a community or they started an online community. And I think that when you have a word that's starting to get popular to use. Diluted. Yeah, we start diluting it. Um, It starts to mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And that can create confusion about what even is community. And so one of the things that we started to ask ourselves, but when we, even before we created pause in the play, the community um, before the social justice movement of 2020, but even began to ask ourselves even more deeply is like, how can we infuse what community means to us? What collaborative relationships mean to us? what this room for evolution together means to us and to every single aspect of how we facilitate having a community. And one of the things that um, that actually led to is recognizing we no longer wanted to have a hierarchy. Um, We really didn't want it before, (laughs) but I think that the story can be, oh, well, the owners of something or the founders of something is like who you look for or who you seek. Um, And then everyone else is like an added bonus. And it's like, no, but we're all the thing, actually. Not just you and I. That part. And if we're all the thing, then how does that inform who is facilitating events? Who's facilitating a a workshop? Well, if we're all the thing, it's not just... Erica and India doing these things. (laughs) No, no. And I think really witnessing how that has blossomed in the community and how, you know, we witness the members show up and share with one another, how, you know, they're so giving with their resources, how they are so supportive of one another. And there's this understanding that we're all doing this together, you know, there's this, you know, when we're in our Q&A calls, there's this space of like, I want to make sure you go. You go, you good? Okay, I'll, I'll go now, but I wanted to make sure you got what you needed. Like there, there's a lot of consideration for one another. And I'm glad that it shows up the way that it does. And I hope that it continues to be something that we can all carry out into the world and inspire others to amplify that. Well, and I think it also goes back to our belief that everyone has something special and valuable to offer. 
And if we truly believe that, then it's giving them an opportunity to offer that on a consistent basis. And when I think about that belief and how that has allowed us to really question how communities and group programs are structured and consider doing ours completely differently in a lot of different ways and rolling that out a little at a time. Um, It also makes me think about our collaboration speed dating event and how, you know, it's 100% designed to highlight unique things about each other that even being in a community with one another, you may not know. And to let each person's beautiful stories and experiences, and sometimes even what's got them like pissed off and fired up to shine. And to put that out there in a way where it's this collaborative environment where you have other people who may want to have you talk about that with their community or explore that on their podcast. And it's truly like redefining even how we go into conversation with people, how we um, explore publicity and visibility and all of these like very businessy marketing kind of things and say, yeah, but let's humanize it. Let's actually just take a moment to get to know some people with some real questions that don't revolve necessarily around what we do to make money. And let's get away from like the weird, awkward, so what do you do? What do you do? <laughs> let's part. figure out who has the bigger, oh. <laughs> Position. Yeah, I don't know what I was going to say. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is not a measuring contest. You know, let's remove that moment. Let's remove anything that contributes to the anxiety of feeling like you have to summarize all of the amazingness of who you are as a human and just a one-liner. And let's give people opportunity to actually get to know what matters to you. And how can we explore that as a part of the conversations you choose to continue? That's the part that I love so much about it. And that's why collaboration speed dating is not It's not the old school networking event and it brings in humor and fun and connection on a much more human level. And I absolutely just love it. Hands down. It was so much fun and I cannot wait to do it again. And I want you to be a part of it. Yeah. So what I love is that we made the decision to make collaboration speed dating a regular event in the community with membership over at pauseintheplay.com slash community you get access. And with that access comes also access to what I think is one of my most important parts of my allyship, which is sharing our network with you, sharing the podcast host and the community leaders who pay speakers with you to be able to experiment with and explore. Might there be some connection here? Might there be a topic that has you fired up? right? That you really um, want to dig into with their people and in their spaces. And so again, you can access that over at pauseintheplay.com slash community as a part of your membership. But I think um, the cool thing about that is, again, it goes back to our value of community and redefining through example of what that means, the value of humanizing people and not making them an elevator pitch. 
And so I'm excited to dig into this episode because we're going to be talking about how embracing a culture of interdependence led to us even creating this event and actually what that means. So Erica, please, 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 could you share what does interdependence even mean? What is that? (laughs) So, all right, first of all, I don't know why. Google and everywhere else is like, oh, no, you didn't mean to type interdependence. You meant to type independence. I did not. (laughs) I did not. I knew what I said. I said what I said. (laughs) And so, but what what that signaled to me was that I want to just start with defining independence. And quick Google search will give you that the definition of independence is freedom from the control or influence of others. Uh, example it gives is when kids grow up and move out, start making their own decisions. This is an example of independence. Independence at its core does not sound like a bad thing. However, I do want to acknowledge that we have a level of hyper-independence here in the U.S. And I don't think it's that this is the only place that it exists, but I'm acknowledging that this is my frame of reference for it. And it's so hyper-independent that I don't need anyone. I did this all on my own. I don't need help. Um, I'm self-made. Lies you tell. Lies you tell. (laughs) And so when we then go over to interdependence, I-N-T-E-R-D-E-P-E, sorry, interdependence. (laughs) (laughs) Were you about to go into that song? I was. It was right there. I got jukebox brain. Y'all can't help it. Um, and again, quick Google search will give you that it's the dependence of two or more people or things on each other. Um, and it gives the example that people are dependent on nature for survival, hunting, gathering. Um, and so I think that when we lay that out, we have to acknowledge that there's this huge juxtaposition between this hyper-independence lie of I'm self-made, I did it all on my own, I don't need anyone, um, it's all me. The interdependence example and definition itself really calls out the lies and the flaws in that. Because, okay, you work in this big company, you're self-made, great. Who hunted your food? Who forged and gathered for it? Who got your AC working today? Who got your electricity working? Who fixed your car? You know, who who made your clothes? Who do you go to when you're sick? There's this lie that we are not dependent upon one another for the basics of our survival. And we absolutely are. And honestly, so much of it has become invisible because we just go to the store and buy things. We just order them. And as, as someone over the weekend, their, their child, their child was like, yeah, can't you just order me the thing? The band in the truck is going to bring it. Talking about Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) And so we have this, you know, immediacy that is constantly able to be satiated because we can just order things. We can just go buy things. We can just go pick them up. Oh, pause, pause, pause. The just. Yes. That's what I was going to say. The word just. That word just, I said it that way specifically because the word just undermines the importance or oversimplifies the task 
to be something. Oh, well, just ask for blah, blah, blah. You can get that, right? So now you got privilege that might be showing up as well. But let's acknowledge that interdependence is often widely ignored in our society. And there was a point that we have just little by little continued to chip that away. If you think about a point to where somebody used to bring milk to your house, you weren't going to get milk. Milkman brought milk. That's how you got milk. There was a point that somebody had to bring blocks of ice to put in your ice box because your refrigerator didn't just keep shit cold. You needed somebody to bring you ice. And if you continue to go further back, you have entire communities that were based in the, you know, people kind of having their roles that kept the entire community going. There were people that knew how to sew and and weave clothes. There were people that knew how to hunt, people that knew how to fish, people that knew how to forage, people that know how to heal, people that knew how to, you know, create and bring the fire, people that knew how to tell the weather and how to, you know, care for and protect these crops to be able to keep these entire communities healthy and sustained. All of these things have been outsourced. And so we've distanced ourselves from the reverence and the gratitude for what we take for granted. And we forgot that this was a part of our communities. We supported one another in doing this. You ain't do that shit by yourself. That's not how this works. None of this works that way. Humans are not built to be independent anyway. And the person says that as they as as they call for their assistant to go go get them a triple shot, blah, 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 blah. Go sit down. Go sit down, individual, whoever you may be. It's not a lie. It's all a lie. And I'm not gonna say that I wanna go out here and 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 have to learn how to not eat the, the mushrooms that's gonna kill me right this second. Because at some, I mean, and these are things that honestly, foraging and herbalism are things that I'm actually learning. So I kind of joke with that. But I say that because if any of us, today or tomorrow, the zombie apocalypse came, because India India, so like, I'm going to be able to run. These zombies ain't going to catch me. Zombie apocalypse shows up. You are not ready to care for yourself. And so we are going to have to look to one another to rebuild the communities that were really where we came from. And so, so much of what we're doing is smaller scale ideals based on this interdependence of knowing that in life, in business, personal, professional, all of these things are not built on us being here on our own. We are supporting one another. And so in understanding that you have a better level of respect for those that help you, those that you help, and the gratitude for the resources that you are utilizing and that you have access to, even if it's because somebody shared it with you. That has to come up in order for us to not squander things and to ignore that we did not get here by ourselves. American exceptionalism is a lie. Off my soapbox. (laughs) I think about... I'm having a moment here because I realized I was about to say being devil's advocate and I cannot think of the Instagram video. So we will definitely add it to the show notes Uh, and episode description if we can find it. Super funny video where it talked about if you're going to be the devil's advocate, you have to name the devil that you're advocating for. (laughs) So which devil am I thinking about being right now? Well, the one that says... 
But I mean, if we're not going to be independent, how do we make sure we're not being codependent? I mean, because being codependent is not really that healthy, right? And so (laughs) as I think about that devil that would, you know, have that concern, which is a legit concern. When we talk about depending on each other, I think the thing that stands out to me the most as a differentiator between codependency and interdependence is that interdependence is a reciprocal relationship. So quick Google search. Okay. Codependency is an emotional and behavioral condition that affects an individual's ability to have a healthy, mutually satisfying relationship. Another quick one. In sociology, codependency is a theory that attempts to explain imbalanced relationships where one person enables another person's self-destructive behavior, such as addiction, poor mental health, immaturity, irresponsibility, or underachievement. They are not the same thing. Absolutely not. And interdependence, we're thinking about how can these relationships be reciprocal? How can everyone win? I mean, if we're just going to put it in regular plain terms, (laughs) how can your relationship with another entity, another human, allow both of you to win? Well, how can you win, period? Because if we think about where community came from, the interdependence that was baked in at that point was about the resources being there to sustain the whole. And the whole was about the whole, not the individualism of it. And so you didn't have to worry that come, quote unquote, dinner time tonight, am I going to eat? If there is food, we will all eat. If there is clothes, we will all be clothed. If there is water, we will all be nourished and satiated in that way. It's not, oh, there's only enough for 10 of us. So two of y'all got to sleep outside. That's not what that is. Yeah. For for those of us that have any exposure to children and or cartoons, it's very no troll left behind. (laughs) You know, um, as you said that, the other piece that comes up for me is like, you know, being a black woman and um, one of the things that, was a common phrase in my upbringing and family of origin and friends, you know, from younger years and from my similar demographics. It was like everybody eats, right? When you said mm-hmm. there's food, everyone gets to eat. And that phrase goes beyond just the food of nourishment, but also yes. like the food of influence, the food of impact, the food of opportunity, um, the food of network, and access and privilege and being willing and able to share that. And honestly, it's something that really is about this understanding that if I have a resource, if I have knowledge, if I have a a, a person, place, or thing that I can share with you that will be beneficial that will support you, that, you know, for all we know at this random moment in time could be the thing that could completely change the tide for you. I have a certain amount of responsibility to share that with you because I want everybody to eat, right? We all win, right? I want you to have that. I don't want it all for myself. I don't gain anything from hoarding resources, 
and opportunities. I want you to have what you need to live your best life. Mm. Yeah, I'm just so grateful as we talk about this and I think about how we've built an entire community of people, actively community members and not in our network, that all have different gifts, different talents, um, different resources that they have that they bring to the table. And rather than waiting for a seat at someone else's table, we made the decision to make our own table that didn't say that there's one way to live, there's one way to love, there's one way to earn, there's one way to collaborate with people. There's a multitude of ways. And that we bring all of this together with all of these different humans and brands. And everyone is sharing and helping each other thrive. Mm -hmm. Okay, I want to pause you on that because I want to just for a, a quick second acknowledge that the concept of thriving is not something that everyone feels as though they have access to. And it's not something that they feel as though they have, um, that they've earned it, that they deserve it. And it's your birthright to be able to have that. And there are people that don't have access to that because there are people that have taken access in excess, which impacts the whole. Yes. And so... Part of what is happening with this inter interdependence and the way that we're addressing it is to acknowledge, hey, if I've received goodness, I want to spread, you know, sp spread that around. I want to share that wealth of resources, of knowledge, of access, of opportunities, because while I can't force everyone or even present to everyone that has this access to access, to understand that it should be shared in different ways. And it's not just about sharing it in the way that you want. Like, is that what people want or need? You know, I can't do anything with that necessarily, but I can do what I can with what I have. I can do what I can in my little corner of the world. Right. And I can do what I can to show and model that there's a different way to do this to those that are witnessing what I'm doing so that I can give them things that they can consider for themselves when it is then their time to be a part of the concept of interdependence. Yeah, I think so often when people consider diversity, equity, inclusion, they consider the variety, right? And unfortunately, sometimes that variety is not like true variety in their mind. It's tokenization of a specific variety they think they need, but for getting others. Um, well, <laughs> let the church say amen. And um, what gets often left behind is the inclusion piece and the equity piece. And so as you are talking about the interdependence, you're talking about you know, recognizing what you have in your corner of the world or what you have in your zone of excellence that allows you to be able to share and give gifts and resources. Equity comes to mind. Like that is equity. And saying, I have this, correct me if I'm wrong, Erica, and I'm choosing to share it with people 
who may not have access to this. That is what it is. Because that sharing is helping to address the fact that there's a disparity that we don't want to exist at all, but we definitely don't want it to exist the same way tomorrow as it does today. And so here's my act of equity in hopes that it will address what I can address in this moment, even in a small way. Yeah, I think we can often, diversity and inclusion are very big concepts. And I don't want to take away from that. That is so true. And there's a lot of layered pieces and nuances and just so much work to be done. And there's space to find what is a sustainable place for you to get started. And oftentimes I find that the equity piece of sharing what you have access to with others actually can be a lot more simple than we make it out to be sometimes. I think back on um, a conversation we had with uh, Rachel Cook a long time ago. Um, Now it feels like forever ago, pre-COVID actually, Mm. (laughs) about uh, sharing your network and how like that piece of access, that piece of equity, that piece of implied trust and credibility can be major. And yet it's, it's literally as simple in some ways as introducing two people together. Well, thank you for saying that because I think it can be easy or even disheartening sometimes to hear a concept and think, oh, that's too big. That's too much. I couldn't even do that. Like I wouldn't know where to begin. And to literally break it down to it's as simple as, you know, one way is as simple as this is not to minimize the um, impact of it, but to give you a, a simplified way to approach it today. And it's literally just, hey, you do this thing and I know somebody that could really benefit from it. Let me connect you. Hey, person over here that can benefit from it. Can I connect you with somebody? Y'all ask for ask for permission to connect people because capacity is real nowadays. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, you know, hey, I want to, you know, connect y'all to if everybody's good with that. And if everybody's good with that, it's like, hey, you can make this connection and you have no idea where it can go. One of the beautiful things that Indy and I are able to do, it's usually once or twice a year where we really do it thoroughly. We are able able to plot out where things are right now, the connections, uh, things that we've recently done, and most of them we can trace back to where they originated. And it is a humbling and beautiful thing to do because it proves the validity and the necessity of powerful and intentional relationship building and maintaining. Yes, Um, For sure. And I know that that is very easy as two entrepreneurs that are focused on, you know, social entrepreneurship to mention the business side. Um, But I think even on the personal life side, um, when I think on some more recent experiences in the last year of how thinking about a culture of interdependence and embracing that, loving on that, being even sometimes excited about that has just trickled into so many other things that our values align. Um, I made the decision to purchase a home instead of renting anymore. Um, Mostly because you know what to expect. Your mortgage is not really going to change that much compared to rent. 
um, and that what we've part. seen in current times, rent can increase by like three hundred dollars, and you have thirty day notice. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. So that decision of recognizing what was happening, here's what I'm going to do, um, put me in a position to where I had to start thinking about, okay, so how am I going to pack? How am I going to get boxes? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? Um, a lot of the boxes that I got. I found on a website an app called OfferUp. I found people who had an excess of Amazon boxes, Macy's boxes, whatever they chose to shop at boxes. <laughs> and um, they were giving them away oftentimes for free or in exchange for something else that you were looking to sell at a lower ticket price on this app. So here you go. Um, I did not really pay for any boxes, which means that I was able to, A, alleviate someone else of something that they had that maybe they didn't want to go into a recycling center or landfill, so it found a new home. B, allow our society to make a couple less new boxes, (laughs) so less trees got cut down. Um, And C, fast forward into you, Erica, making some similar decisions which require you to pack I was able to hand those boxes back down to you, a reciprocal relationship with everyone involved with the something as as simple as cardboard boxes. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, and the funny thing is, is that, and don't ask me why I never even dug into this before. I'll have to take responsibility for that. Um, I looked up recycling when you have um, like county recycling picking it up and it's not supposed to be in a bag now of course and you know right now in my head I'm like well, where am I how am I supposed to put this stuff together what's supposed to happen I don't have a big trash can right now I will I don't have one right now and so like it's got to be in a bag to be gathered up however realizing that when a county picks it up they don't want it in anything they won't take it in anything and so I'm like great I have an overabundance of paper boxes now that will need to be used. They will take that. And so if these boxes, some of which are not going to be in great shape, can be used to corral those items together, when? Some of those boxes in some of the things that I've been, you know, witnessing online to be able to figure out how I want to possibly do some raised beds come the spring, people will use things like cardboard boxes to help to pad the bottoms. I'm like, great. I have ways to be able to reuse these. And then that will also help for them to be able to go back into the soil and be reused and regenerated and recycled. Win. Mm. That's a win. Yeah. Speaking of soil, it makes me think about um, like what, you know, what is quality soil? What is waste? And so (laughs) a full circle example of culture of independent interdependence um, you kept saying independent so much in my brain with that. I know. <laughs> Google, please stop autocorrecting. Um, please. But yes, interdependence and that reciprocity, and it doesn't have to be transactional, right? Can be mutually beneficial for everybody involved, maybe even the planet. Is I remember about a year ago, I was looking into how do you compost items without having to compost it in your own home. And so having been a long lover of renting and lofts and apartments, I didn't have a place to compost, but I wanted to make sure that my food scraps, my food waste, whatever, um, found a more useful home than the landfill. 
And so at some point, I discovered an app that we can link to in the show notes as well as episode description potentially um, called Share Waste. And on this app, you can sign up as someone who is looking to find a space or a place or person to give your waste to. And the places, like it gives you access to like a full map in your area or the mile radius that you select. Um, It's a free app. And people can literally list, I'll take um, vegetable scraps, but I won't take eggshells or I'll take meat bones, but I won't take, uh, I don't know, animal feces or whatever. (laughs) And so coming full circle, even with that of like, I have these things, how can I turn it into something else? But also being realistic of what I have access to, in my case, physical space to compost things. There's an app for that. (laughs) And coming full circle, moving into um, the new home, I was able to opt into a county recycling program for compost where I am now the host of your waste. I can take your waste into the county compost bin and it gets picked up and it gets turned into fertilizer that's then sold in, I think, like Lowe's and Home Depot. But, you know, things have a way of coming full circle. And there's just so many other ways that we can collaborate with one another where we can depend on one another in a reciprocal way that I just think many people don't know about. I didn't know about the Share Waste app five years ago. No, I didn't know about it three months ago. Well, And so so I just feel like there's all of these things that pop up, many of which, um, for sake of ease, do have apps that really can make a difference, not just in our day-to-day lives, but in our, our our world around us today and in the future. And, you know, Offer Up again was a great one because it kept things that I either didn't want or need anymore, being able to find homes of people that were like, oh yeah, that's what I want. I need that. That's exactly what I've been looking for. And being able to have that type of, you know, opportunity, I, I, I think it's a great thing. And knowing that we have access to that, it's just learning that it's there and then being able to take advantage of it. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, for the sake of time, you know, I'll be brief about it. But I've also been discovering new apps. Uh, full disclaimer, we are not sponsored by any of these companies in any kind of way. It's just things that we've been experimenting with using. So it's completely our own personal opinion <laughs> of mm-hmm. how these are working. Um, it, they've all had their pros and cons as well. But one that I just discovered a few weeks ago and I haven't used yet, um, so I might report back to you after I have, is something called Too Good To Go. And it's really an app that allows you to find like your local restaurants. And with me being pretty close to the city, um, actually very close to the city, uh, it's not a big deal to, to drive into the heart of DC and pick up an order from a restaurant. And so you have restaurants that every day have food waste that they, for various reasons, are not always able to just donate off to a shelter or a facility of that nature where people who may not have the privilege of having access to consistent, healthy, or fresh food can benefit from. And so what happens oftentimes with this excess food that restaurants and places like that have is that it ends up in the trash. And so Too Good To Go 
is giving a lot of restaurants and catering companies and things like that an option to basically bundle their excess. So for example, a place that has like uh, bread or bagels or a plate, you're gluten-free. So a place that has, uh, I don't know, <laughs> rice and beans for you. Right, right. <laughs> can literally bundle the leftover at a price, like a predetermined price. It's usually a fraction of what it normally costs to eat at that restaurant. And you can buy the surprise food bundle. You can put in your dietary restrictions as well, I believe. And you just go and you pick up your order. And now on the days that you may not have had the time or the convenience or whatever that is to prepare a meal for your family, you can go pick up this discount meal that would have ended up in the trash. That's huge. I'm like, ooh, I want to look at that one. (laughs) I'm a wealth of like this. What I say is useless information, but then I realize it's like totally not useless. (laughs) It is not. Useless language is when years ago I was watching Jeopardy and they asked about who was Nora Jones' father, and I knew that it was Ravi Shankar who plays the sitar. I don't know why I know that. I don't know why I still know that. That is, that is, I am the trivia person. I got you there. Otherwise, I, y'all, I don't know where this shit come from. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I go down random rabbit holes, but one of those rabbit <laughs> holes led to too good to go. So here we are. Here we are. <laughs> I think there's so many amazing things that on a daily basis, we take for granted that we can dig farther into not only for ourselves, but for the world around us. There are so many ways that we can continue to dig into what interdependence not only means for us, but how it can bring more ease into our lives, how it can provide awareness of what we have access to, and how that access can be even more beneficial than what we thought it could be. And that we can make sure that the people around us, that we all get to eat. So speaking of we all get to eat, we have an action item at the end of almost every episode. And I feel like you you just led up to a potential action item for this episode. So what do you feel like that is? I think it is literally thinking about one person that you can connect with someone else or one app that you can share with someone else. One, it could be, if it's not an app, it could be a website, it could be a restaurant, but something that you can share with someone else that would be beneficial just because. So as you have taken in this conversation going from us laying out interdependence, the foolishness that is autocorrect, trying to force independence and me being like, no, We're not doing that, Um, but really laying out some beautiful ways that we can tap into the interdependence that we can have with those that we hold dear in the world around us for beholding this conversation and taking it in and figuring out how you can participate. I thank you. Together, this is how we remove stigma and create real change and connection, continuing to cross lines and recreate boundaries in order to support, not separate. Together. Let's continue getting more people to drop the veil while challenging their thoughts, feelings, actions, and state of being. So until the next time, keep the dialogue going. Bye.
Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From Implicit to Explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?